You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Well, if you were around through 2012 and 2017, you will remember the Duck Dynasty craze. It was an American reality television series that aired on A&E. Um, quite amazing, you know. Most people got caught up in the life of this family. It was a series that portrayed the lives of the Robertson family, who became successful from their family-operated business, making, of all things, duck calls. And what was so unique unique about this family, I mean, other than exposing us to that Louisiana way of life and that laid-back sort of pace and culture and and just persona that they all so beautifully portrayed— but it also represented their very strong faith in Christ Jesus. Every episode, they'd end around the table, holding hands and praying together. And so it really uh, made a strong statement to not just America, but anywhere you were watching the show, that this, was, that this was a family of faith. Well, you are listening to the Huntley Street Podcast with your host, Mark Masry, and we have got a double feature for you today. It is Duck Dynasty Day on 100 Huntley Street podcast. Lara is going to be interviewing Willie and Corey Robertson, um, who uh, Willie is one of the sons of the patriarch, Phil Robertson. And, you know, oftentimes we would see this tight knit family, every episode we would see this tight knit family on display for us and seeing such a, a closeness and a sh- and a faith that they all shared. And yet that wasn't always true about the Robertson family. And recently they have executive produced, uh, Willie and his wife, Corey Robertson, a film called The Blind, which is a story of Willie's dad, Phil, and his mom, Miss Kay. And I don't want to give too much away about the story uh, because it's it's in theaters you uh, will definitely want to go out and see it. More information is, is, uh, can be found on the, on the web at theblindmovie.com, and I'll leave it at that. But this family really helped shape culture, and I know you're going to love Lara's conversation with Willie and Corey. Second half of the show, I had the opportunity to interview Willie and Corey's daughter, Sadie Robertson Huff, and her husband, Christian Huff. They have written this new book uh, called... Um, how to put love first, which is really like a relationship manual. Um, Sadie is uh, super successful in terms of her influence in the social media world. She's got a regular podcast. Um, she's much better at doing this than I am, and she has a real voice in youth and young adult culture. And her and her husband Christian, uh, they have two beautiful baby girls, and they really felt called to write this. Um, we'll call it a relationship manual about how to put love first in all relationships, not just your romantic relationships. They don't claim to be experts on marriage, uh, but they certainly have been married a number, a few years now, and have got their own experience from which they can draw from, but really have a depth of experience where their faith is concerned and how that plays out into all of our relationships. So that's coming up a little later on. But first, let's go to Lara with her captivating conversation with Willie and Corey Robertson as they talk about the latest feature film of this family called The Blind.
They became household names on Duck Dynasty, the hit reality TV series centered around the tight-knit Robertson family. Joining me now to talk about the highly anticipated feature film, The Blind, based on the true story of Duck Dynasty patriarch Phil Robertson and his wife, Miss Kay, is their son, Willie Robertson, and his lovely wife, Corey Robertson. Welcome to 100 Huntley Street, Willie and Corey. Hello. Hey there. Thanks for having us. Well, it's our pleasure. Willie, you are an executive producer on The Blind, and you have journeyed with this film from its inception. Can you share with our audience about how this movie came to be? Yeah, Corey and I got into production, actually the deeper side of production after Doc Dynasty, because we realized what an impact that that show had on people, just the uh, the prayer at the end and just the family nature of the show. We had thousands and thousands of people, you know, come to us and share their stories. And we were like, this is amazing how this really shapes culture. And so uh, we wanted to tell other stories, not necessarily our story or anything about our family, but other people's stories as well. But we, when we found this story, we started talking about my own, the story of my parents' faith and uh, how close it came to this family never staying together. Like, and you'll see on the movie, like it was so close to being over. And uh, if that relationship had ended uh, without faith, unless Jesus came into it, uh, there would have been no company. There would have been no Duck Dynasty. In fact, I probably wouldn't have met Corey. I certainly wouldn't be on this uh, show with you today. And so, man, we can track that back to where God entered their life. It was the last hope, you know, because there was there was really nothing left. And all that's portrayed in the movie. And so it's a, it's a story of redemption and hope. You're never too far gone. And so um, I was really young on the you know, in, at the time. And so in the movie, I'm a two-year-old. Uh, uh, by the end, I'm a two-year-old. So most of my memories happen after that. So thankfully, I have most of my memories of the good side of of, of Phil and uh, and their marriage and, and not the bad. Well, it's amazing to see, you know, how you've pointed out God's faithfulness to your family and, and how so many people for um, many, many years have followed your family and noticed your faith and the difference Jesus has made in your lives on Duck Dynasty, but now in this film, The Blind. Corey, you're a leading producer on the film and have been with this film throughout the journey from beginning to now. What was it like for you to portray such a deeply tender story connected to your family members? Yeah, that um, it's been very vulnerable, honestly, and and really harder than I think we expected because we've known this story. Phil and Kay have been open about their story for years. You know, I remember even as a newlywed with Willie hearing Kay, you know, tell that story and of how when Phil turned his life to Jesus, how and it changed their family forever and her forgiveness, the way, you know, he truly repented. She forgave him in that moment was what has just been the backbone of our family life and story. But then to actually put that on film and on screen is a whole other thing. And it, it did, it felt like a burden because we were like, whoa, I have to do it right. Like this is, I'm carrying this, you know, important family stories, our legacy um, and placing it on the big screen. Um, actually, Zach Dasher, our partner in a production on Tread Lively, he is a cousin of Willie and his mom, Jan, who's Aunt Jan in the movie, she plays a real pivotal role in the story too, because she was the sister that never gave up on Phil. And, you know, that person in your life where everyone else is like, 
they're never going to change. Everything's over. They're always going to be a loser. And then you have this one person that just believes. And she did. She, she believed. And she, she said, if you convert Phil, he will convert thousands. Like she always knew that like, if he turned his life for Jesus, then he would not stop there. He would, he would try to make sure everyone knew about Jesus. And so, um, so Zach is our partner. So we, we really came together and we just know the story so intimately. They were like, there's no one else who could tell this story but us. Like we have to do it. We have to be involved. So yeah, we were on set pretty much every single day. Actually, Zach was on set every day. I was on set almost every day and really involved in the editing process and everything. And, and the whole family was really, we, we set them down and everyone got to just share their story. So at the beginning, we say, this is a true story. It's not like based on a true story. This is actually a true story. This is really just from their own words and um, into a film form. So incredible. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's so vulnerable. It's so vulnerable to put your story out there and the story of your family. And yet, of course, we know as followers of Jesus, that is when we can share the story of who Jesus is and what he can do in our lives and in the lives of others. You know, Willie, throughout The Blind, the story of your dad's personal struggles, his issues with alcohol, um, brokenness in your family, and that went on for, you know, close to a decade um, also moments of redemption and restoration. Uh, you, you witnessed all of that on film. Did anything surprise you about your parents' story or in the film as you were watching it? No, uh, they've been so transparent with their lives. I've heard pretty much everything I'd seen on the movie. There were there are some things on the movie. It's heavy and it's gritty and it's not that dynasty. That's kind of the aftermath of the afterfruit of a family that's, you know, found the Lord and um, has a great loving relationship. Uh, but there are some there's some cool things that happen in the movie that that we weren't really that I didn't know, which was uh, we get to see a young Uncle Si. So <laughs> there's three versions of Phil, Kay and Si in the movie. There's the kid version and then there's the teenager, college age and then the adults. And so we get to see this young Uncle Si at the beginning of his quirkiness, because uh, uh, I know he has a lot of fans around the world uh, who loved him and who loves him. And and you can see kind of where that's formed and his relationship with Kay and Phil. And so th those were some cool moments. There's also uh, a great moment with uh, with Phil and Terry Bradshaw, because they were both quarterback at, at Louisiana Tech together. And Phil was a starter. Bradshaw was a backup. And, Brad, and, and Phil takes him on this bass fishing trip. And it's so funny, Bradshaw tells me this story when I'm like 12 or 13 years old as a boy. And he said, your dad took me fishing. You're never going to believe it. And so we actually put that story uh, in the movie uh, and that came from Terry. So there's some cool, there's some fun stuff on there as well. But like I said, the heart of it is, you know, is really, uh, it's faith-based, but it's really hard keeping it faith-based because Phil's life was not faith-based at all. And so, you know, we kind of know how it turns out. We know how the family turns out, but uh, really just watching that struggle. And I think I did have more empathy for mom and just, yeah, I thought, wow, you know, when you're seeing that played out, it was, it, it was difficult. It was hard to watch. And, and I was during the movie, I was like, why did she stay with him? You know I mean? I think if I was giving her advice, I would have said, okay, move on, you know, like, like this just ain't working. And thank God she, she stuck with it and, and trusted in God and, and it all came together. Wow. And, you know, you know, I, I know moments in the movie, especially where uh, your dad tells your mom to leave and the young kids are in tow. I, I have those same feelings, Willie, when I see that story unfolding. It's like I'm a mom of two boys and I think, oh, wow, she stuck it out. And, you know, Corey, as you watched the movie, were there any scenes in particular that really impacted you as a mom and as a wife? Yeah, there's one scene. Um, 
I think it, it's probably the hardest scene um, for me to watch, but also I think the most powerful. And it's after that moment when, when um, you know, Phil kicks Kay out of the house. She leaves with three young boys. She's all of a sudden a single mom. And like, how is she going to survive and, and feed her family and feed her boys? And she goes to Jan's house, who we mentioned. And you just see this sweet moment. This She's at her rock bottom. Kay hits her rock bottom. And that was a point that actually surprised our kids. At, when our kids saw it, they were like, did that really happen? You know, because, you know, just to see their grandmother like that was difficult. But it's this place where she hits rock bottom. But Jan, a sister, you know, it's like two women kind of come together and Jan sits there beside her and reminds her that like with God, she's not alone, that she's got God with her and he's He's going to be with her. And she kind of, she says like, you just got to get back up off the floor, you know, and it's this really sweet, I think, moment of, of sisters, women, um, just caring for one another and helping each other through a really hard time. And it's a place of where Kay feels hopeless and I think, you know, everyone might not be in that situation that Kay was in that moment or, but everyone gets to a point, I think in their life where they're like, something feels hopeless. And this movie is really a movie of hope. It's like, it's not hopeless. Your life is not over. Um, God has something for you. You just got to kind of get back up off the floor and know that you're not alone, that he's with you in it. So inspiring and so encouraging to hear those words from you for uh, all of us, for our viewers at home who may be going through all kinds of things in life. Um, you know, when I watch, you know, watching parts of the film, seeing those tough and tender moments really struck me. Like, so there's this grit and then there's this tenderness. And I think that's beautiful storytelling and it's the truth of what life is like. Willie, when you think about your father's ups and downs in life and his willingness to show the world in living color everything that he's been through, things he's done. What do you think about your father's bravery in sharing this personal story of his? Yeah, I think first off, just his willingness to be able to open that up and say, you know, you can you can show my most vulnerable times. I think we all live by the, especially the Christian principle of we don't look back. Our our past is the past and we look forward. And um and I think generally in life, you know, that's a great principle that we do, unless they make a movie about it, which is going to live forever and burn in people's minds. And so I think, but that's the way I think Phil would have wanted it, you know, because I probably would have said, well, there's some other things I did in this life that we could make a movie about, you know, they could be a TV show, they could be a, a duck call and all this kind of thing. But to pick this one, I think really focuses what Phil focuses on, uh, really what's number one in his life, which is the gospel and getting it to the broken. Uh, and, and that's where he was. And that's that once that happened, that made such an impact on him to where then he just had this uh, just really uh, hunger and fire in him to tell as many people. And I've watched Phil and Kay sit with thousands of people on our couch, at our kitchen table, just over the years, just and pour into people who were a lot of the same similar stories, you know, damage and bad marriages and uh, broken relationships, terrible decisions. And so I've watched them, you know, the fruit of their life pour in. And so that's impacted me, obviously, and it's impacted our whole family. And that'll spread for generations, you know, it's generational change. And we can track it back to like this one big moment. And so and I think if people realize like there are they're, they're probably people in your life or people in your family where you're like, oh, I don't think they'll ever change. And this movie is to prove they can. It mm -hmm. can through the Lord. It, they can change.
Indeed. And, you know, I was listening to the Blind Movie podcast where your daughter, Sadie Robertson Huff, is interviewing the family. And your dad said these words, everybody is worth being saved. And uh, that's what really strikes me when I think about the movie The Blind and how we can share it with others that we love and want to encourage and inspire. Uh, Willie and Corey, The Blind has been released in theaters across the U.S. as of September 28th. But where can Canadians find out about where they can see it? When is the Canadian release happening? So, yeah, we're so excited to announce we will be um, a Canadian release on October 6th. And um, you can go to theblindmovie.com and we'll have, you know, wherever you can see it. You need to call your theaters because, you know, the hope is to get in more and more theaters so that more people see and experience this message of redemption and hope in their lives. And um, so, yeah, we're so excited to be in Canada. We will in a Love, love you guys. We've actually, during Duck Dynasty, we got to come to Canada to do, do some appearances and just had the best time Several up there. Times. So yeah, <clears throat> we love you guys and are grateful for all of the people that have watched us and supported and loved our family through all of this. Well, Canadians love you too. They love the Robertson family. Hopefully we can get you this side of the border, maybe here on 100 Huntley Street in person. And uh, indeed, I think lots of viewers watching should contact their local theaters and see if a church group, their church group can go see the movie. The Blind is such an incredible movie. Thank you so much, Willie and Corey, for being with us today. Thank you. Great Thanks. time What a remarkable story. What a great conversation Laura had with Willie and Corey. And just hearing them recount some of the big moments in, in the lives of Willie's parents, you know, uh, Phil and Miss Kay. I love the fact that they call her Miss Kay. I think that's so cool. But just knowing that redemption is possible, um, that God is in the business of redeeming lives, of rescuing people from themselves. And so oftentimes we can find ourselves in patterns of addictive behaviors, regardless of what they may be, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's uh, pornography, whether it's gambling, whether it's unhealthy relationships, whatever it is, chemical substance, whatever it is that we find ourselves addicted to, patterns of thinking even, God wants to step into that narrative and redeem us and to rescue us from that. There is hope in Jesus Christ, friends, and that's the message of this film called The Blind and, of course, the Robertson family and uh, their uh, testimony to the world and, and their profile to the world. They just want people to know that there's hope in Jesus, and we want you to know that on every a podcast that we put out on the air here at 100 Huntley Street. So know that prayer partners are available to you. We would love to pray with you. You may find yourself, you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I can relate to Phil Robertson. I'm there. You know, uh, my family's left me. Maybe you didn't kick them out, but my family is left because I've got a substance abuse problem or I've got a history of unhealthy relationships or patterns of behavior. God wants to step in to your story. He wants to make you whole. He wants you to experience the freedom that can be found in him. And we've got prayer partners that would love to pray with you, would love to introduce you to the person of Jesus, get you started on this path of healing towards wholeness and freedom. So call this number. I'm going to give it to you a couple of times. We'd love to pray with you. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Or, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, rain or shine, we're there for you. So call 1-866-273-4444. Again, 
888-888-4444. If you're more comfortable sending us an email, you know, sometimes we're not comfortable speaking to someone on the phone, but we're, we're able to pour our hearts out on an email. Send us an email, prayer at crossroads.ca. We will gladly, lovingly, with prayer, respond to you. I promise you that. Um, and there is hope, my friend. Don't think your situation is hopeless. There is hope. And his name is Jesus. And if you commit to walk with him one step at a time, he will lead you. He will lead you. He will guide you. And he will restore to you what you feel may be lost, or he will repair what you may feel is irreparable. I promise you that. Well, up next, we have got the next generation of Robertsons, uh, Sadie Robertson Huff and her husband, Christian Huff. And they're going to be talking to us about the importance of true love putting love first and making that the basis of our relationships on any level. And how and where do we source that love when we don't have it within ourselves? Let's go to that next. My guests today are a couple living out their God-given purpose with a desire to reach their generation for Jesus. Sadie Robertson Huff is a New York Times best-selling author, podcaster, and influencer, reaching millions each month, but most notably the daughter of Willie and Corey Robertson of Duck Dynasty fame. Many of you know that. And Christian Huff is the, is the host of Four to Eight Men's podcast and has a passion to see his peers' lives changed by the power of God's love. Welcome to both of you to 100 Huntley Street. Thank you so much. It's great Thank to be here. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. It's great to have you, have you. Now, Christian, I want to start with you because we're going to be talking about your relationship, your married relationship and the, and the dynamics there and how you're speaking into the lives of other couples. But I understand you used a sermon to get Sadie's attention. Is this right? I did. <laughs> I did. I did. Yeah, we were um, Instagram DMing for the first, I would say, a couple of weeks of our relationship and I uh, had had listened to this sermon series by Ben Stewart. It was like single dating, engaged, married that my cousin has showed me probably a couple of years back. And we were just talking about who we listened to, things that we enjoyed. And I was wanting to send it to Sadie. And for some reason, I had said, like, I'm not I can't send it over Instagram. So I asked for her number so I could send them uh, to her her phone number, which looking back, I don't know why I did that. But uh, I guess it worked out because here we are today. So yeah. it was pretty funny. So my first text ever from Christian is literally a podcast called Single Day Engaged Married. So he was very clear on his intentions. Wow. Cut right to the chase, Christian. Way to go, man. Now, now, Sadie, um, how did you know? I mean, you, you obviously get into relationship. You are married now. But how did you know that Christian was the one? Because you had just come out of a serious relationship where you thought that it might actually result in marriage. What was different about Christian? Yeah, you know, it's actually pretty funny. So we were just telling the story to some friends the other day that the moment I realized that I was going to marry Christian was actually a moment I was going to break up with Christian. Which I did, I did not know. That. <laughs> I was trying to break up with him. So I called him to break up with him. And uh, while I'm kind of talking, I'm over explaining myself. And I'm basically saying, you know, I'm about to go on tour. My life is really busy. I would just feel so bad that I couldn't be the girlfriend that you really deserve. Like I wouldn't be able to come visit you where you live. I wouldn't be able to talk on the phone all the time. Like I was just apologizing for my life and basically just saying like, you don't want to date me. Like I'm getting out of this. We're breaking up. And he just stopped me mid talking, uh, which one, I just love that because um, I am kind of like a natural leader. And 
to me, it showed like he can lead, like he can lead me. So he's like, Hey, he's like, stop talking. He said, never apologize for what God's doing in your life. And um, when he said that, I thought, wow, that's really actually a profound thing. Cause I feel like I'm always apologizing for things that I have going on. Um, and he just said, don't apologize for what God's doing in your life. And then he said, if it's a win for you, and if it's a win for the kingdom, then it will always be a win for me. And at that point, I realized I am not breaking up with this man, uh, abort mission. I think I'm going to marry this man. And I think we just literally talked on the phone the rest of the time. He never even knew I was trying to break up with him. No. And um, we we ended up. She told yeah. me like nine months later, she was going to dump me. <laughs> and I had no idea. I was just having a casual conversation. <laughs> That's I, I would have been so blindsided. I Very love that. That's why I love him. Yes. And then we were engaged about nine months about after that. Right, right, yeah, right, right after we got engaged. Yes. And then we got married that year. And now we have two uh, little girls who are just awesome. So yeah, the rest was really history after that. Yeah, that is amazing. And way to go, Christian. I mean, that's like a mic drop moment right there. Um, the two of you have collaborated on a book together. It's it's more of a devotional because I've gone through the book. The book's called How to Put Love First. I want to ask you, I mean, each of you can answer in your own way because I'm sure you've, you've got unique audiences built in based on both of your public profiles. But who's your audience and what do you want the readers to take away? That's great. Yeah, honestly, um, everyone is the audience for this book. This book is for everyone because this book is about relationships in general. Um, we joked about that that sermon that he sent me, Single Day Engaged Married, and we actually did read that book. It helped us so much in the process of being single to being um, to dating, to being engaged, to being married. And we're so thankful for books like that. But this book is not really about just relationships, like love relationships, but it's really about relationships in general. General. Uh, when we were asked to write a relationship book by many different people, we were like, we are not qualified to write a relationship book. We have only been married for almost four years. We don't know it all. How could we write a book on, you know, relationships? But then we kind of made it a lot broader and we're like, well, you know what we can do? We we know that our relationship with the Lord has blessed every relationship that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so what if we talk about how to put love first, which when we say that, we're really talking about how to put God first because God God is love. And if you put God first, then every relationship in your life will be blessed. And I think that people do need a reminder on how to be in relationship with people. You know, um, the Bible talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, how are you going to love your neighbor if you don't love yourself, right? And right. we, a lot of people struggle to love themselves, which is why they're not treating other people kindly. Well, how are you going to love yourself if you don't know the love who created you himself, right? So we kind of walk that out step by step in the book. The first 30 days is falling in love with God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your strength. How do we be in relationship with love? And then it's, okay, loving people. Um, after that, in the Bible, it says, love your neighbor self. So how do we love ourselves? How do we love our neighbor? And then it's um, relationships in your community. So now how do we take this love and we actually um, pour into our community with it? And so I think it's going to be a huge resource to people. Like I mentioned, Christian and I actually read several books together as we were dating, several books together as we were engaged, and it helped our relationship so much. And we hope this is a resource for people to just read with a friend, read with a spouse, read with um, a parent, read with a sibling, and just help strengthen relationships in general as you fall in love with God first. 
That's awesome. And, and so much of society today is pushing the physical or the drive or what it is you've got in terms of life intentions or where are you going with your life? Those tend to be the motivating factors that pull people together when really when love is at the core of those relationships, it's transformative. And of course, you stated it well, Sadie, God is love. I want to ask, maybe Christian, you can answer this. In your conversations, in your interactions with other young married couples, your friends, maybe singles, people that are dating, what in your generation do you feel are the greatest fears and challenges that you all are facing? Yeah, that's a good question. I really think that something that we can look around at in our culture, I think a lot of it kind of just stems from like authenticity. A lot mm -hmm. of times we feel like we have to uh, be somebody that we're not to really, um, you know, attract somebody to us, right? We have to uh, maybe lose some of our moral values to kind of, um, to do these certain yeah. things. And I think that if we look around at our culture, I think that we need more authenticity. We need more uh, genuineness. We need more just relatability. And that's what's really cool about, about the book. It, it's not necessarily specifically tailored towards mm -hmm. romance and, and and romantic relationships. It's to everybody. I have, I expose myself plenty of times throughout mm -hmm. the book of somebody pulling out in front of me and I'll throw my hands up and, 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 and road rage and I'll pull up next to them. And it's an 80 year old woman who's driving like this. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I feel awful. And it's, it's relationships with them, or it's, if you're at a coffee shop and someone gets your order wrong, it's instead of, you know, maybe thinking the worst, you, 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 you change your mindset and you think of, um, you know, maybe this person's having a bad day or whatever. And it's, and it's the relationship with those people. That's mm -hmm. what we talk about with, with community. And I think that things that we've seen for people that we've talked to, I think it's just people oftentimes feel like they have to be someone that they're not, um, whether it's to to get a boyfriend, to get a girlfriend, or even just to feel like just to just to uh, fit in with people, and I think that's something that we we're, we're really just trying to push. It's just a relatability of hey, we're all humans, we all mess up, we all struggle, uh, but don't try to be someone that you're not. Um, be genuine, be authentic, and um, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, authenticity is certainly key. And in one of the chapters of your book, you deal with the subject of forgiveness. And I want to maybe say that you can speak to this for a second. You know, just how does God's offer of forgiveness to us impact our ability to forgive ourselves and others? Because it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in, forgiveness eventually is going to come into play. For sure. Yeah, forgiveness is huge. And I talk about this in the book that to forgive someone is a hard thing to do, but to harbor unforgiveness is actually a lot harder to live with. And so it's worth it to walk through the process of forgiveness, even though it is really hard. Um, Jesus is, of course, the greatest model of that. And I love that. Um, there's this quote in this book that I've been reading, and it says that, you know, Jesus is not only our Lord and Savior, but he's our model, right? Mm -hmm. And so we look to him to see how um, we can look to him as a model for how we're supposed to live our life. And whenever he took forgiveness to the ultimate place of literally dying a death on a cross, a crucifixion to forgive us of our sins, you know, you look to that and you say, okay, God, you endured the true pain of forgiveness. You endured the physical pain of forgiveness. And I think, although we don't have to go through that, um, sometimes it can feel excruciatingly painful to have to forgive someone, but looking to God and receiving his forgiveness first in our lives, knowing that we needed grace, that we needed forgiveness and receiving that from him, it frees you up from your own sin, but it also mm -hmm. frees you 
to forgive other people and give them grace and mm-hmm. extend that offer to them. And so Jesus helps truly carry that burden. He helps you through that process of forgiveness. He gives you the grace to overflow into someone else's life. And the same blood that washed you clean is the same blood that washes them clean, whoever did something to hurt you or harm you. And so, yes, forgiveness is hard. Unforgiveness is uh, worse to live with. And finding that through Jesus and the grace he offers us and to give to others is huge. So again, if God's first in your life is love is first, that literally helps every single aspect of every relationship you're in because you're getting um, to give to others what's overflow of what God's already given you. Yeah, that's so good. And one of the key things you said there was the freedom that comes when we forgive others. First, I mean, when we're forgiven, by God, there's a freedom that comes. But when we offer and extend forgiveness to others, there's also a secondary freedom that we experience. And you talk about in the book, the miracle of healed relationships that you've witnessed in your own extended family. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, we, we, we talked about The Blind, the new film I just released with the riveting story about your grandparents. How have you taken from their story and changed the script in your own marriage and, and maybe what would you say to someone that maybe has only had unhealthy relationships modeled for them? How do we change that script? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, and if you've seen The Blind and you've seen the story of my grandparents' life, it is an incredible movie on forgiveness and redemption and all of those things. But what's really cool is Pebble Phil's life really models what I'm preaching right now of, you know, him and MLK, they did stay together. Their marriage was really strong after that. And we've been blessed from the years that they've been together because they stuck it out. But before MLK gave forgiveness and before they moved on, like, Pebble Phil had to receive God's forgiveness first. And when he received God's forgiveness and was in relationship with God, he was able to then model a healthier relationship with his wife, Memo K, and then model a healthier relationship with his sons. And he was able to be a good father, learning first from his heavenly father. And so I think that that's a really good example of maybe you've never seen a healthy relationship in your life. Well, Praise God, your father in heaven is the definition of perfect relationship, right? He designed relationship. He designed love. And so when you are forgiven by him, when you're in relationship with him, he can teach you. Um, It says your word is a light into my path. It's a lamp unto my feet. And so thinking about his word, guiding you on to how to live your life, guiding you on the things that you can do. Even first Corinthians talks about what love is, how to love Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. So looking at that to guide how how you should love others, how you can act within love. And so ultimately, yes, it is so unfortunate to not have a a view of a healthy relationship in your life. And I'm not saying that's not hard. And my heart doesn't ache that you haven't had that. But it is a beautiful thing that God offers that in himself. And my family, I've gotten to see generations of great love and great relationship. But that started because my grandparents found that in Christ first. And for me as a model, I have to know, you know, my faith can't just be my grandparents' faith. It has to be my own faith, Mm -hmm. which is what makes our relationship healthy is our individual relationship with the Lord coming together and being in relationship with one another. And I just think that's a beautiful way to do relationship because I think that's the way relationships were actually designed to be done. Oh, so, so good. Um, And just before we go, just so well stated, Sadie and Christian, we could talk at length about your book and just what you guys have even experienced in just your four years of marriage. So much wisdom there already. But I I know your home has been blessed with a couple of beautiful little girls, Honey and Haven. And I want to ask you, Christian, as a dad now, to these two little princes, How has that changed you? 
Man, it has made me so softer. I think <laughs> I grew up with just one brother. Um, my dad has uh, two two older brothers. My mom has three brothers and really just grew up a lot just with um, boys. And a lot with, of testosterone um, kind of, there. A lot of testosterone, <laughs> yeah, yeah being, being a little rougher. Um, but there's just been something so sweet about having girls. And um, I, they, you know, everyone always says like the girls wrap you around their finger, which is so true. Honey and Haven uh, really can do no wrong. Um, honey, honey definitely does a few things that, um, that are, that are just funny and can be irritating at times, but it's, it's so cool. Like, cause what we, we talk about this idea of, um, of forgiveness and, and at times it can be hard to offer forgiveness when you feel like an apology is exempted. Right. And, and having two girls, especially honey being two, so, so often, um, she'll do something that, that, you know, requires us to forgive her for doing something and she won't ex- extend an apology. And it's just so cool to see how I can be so quick to f- extend forgiveness for her for not for not saying I'm sorry. But with Sadie, it can be more difficult. It's mm-hmm. like if, if she does something and I'm expecting an apology, she won't give it. Uh, I still need to offer the same forgiveness that I can offer to, to, to my daughters. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely made me more patient. It's definitely made me more sensitive uh, with certain things. And um yeah, I just never knew that I could love yeah. someone yeah. or something. So that, that's awesome. You really do learn so beginning. much. Yeah, beautiful. You learn so much about yourself and about God through having kids. I mean, it's so true. Everyone tells you that, and you really do. It's crazy that a two-year-old, it's so hard for her to say those two words. I'm sorry. She'll repeat any other word you say. And that just lets you see the human nature, right? That's but then right. it also teaches you so much about God's grace and God's love over our life. And so it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing and how much our children teach us. Well, hey, listen, to our friends at home that are watching, the book is How to Put Love First by Sadie Robertson Huff and Christian Huff, and it's available anywhere you get great books. So go out and get your copy. It's a great relationship manual. That's the way I'll put it. Thank you both so much for joining us today with the challenge to allow our faith in Jesus to inform how we respond in any context that's re- that's relationship-based, marriages, friendships, and families, and God bless you both. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. We appreciate it. Oh, there's such a young and vibrant couple and uh, just just a, a real pleasure to speak to and uh, just so impressed by the impact that they are having and the maturity and the level of the, the level of wisdom that they bring to the conversation of relationships being as young as they are and I thought it was so interesting because I didn't reference this earlier but Sadie interviewed her grandfather when they were talking about um, you know, the, the release of the film, The Blind. And, you know, when she was talking to her grandfather, because she's a great interviewer, you know, of course, I'm, as I mentioned off the top, she's got a podcast and uh, a very popular podcast, uh, regular subscribers of well in excess of a million. And um, her grandfather responded with, everybody is worth being saved. And he is speaking from experience because he knows the person that he was before Christ, and he knows the person that he has become and the blessing that God has poured out on his family because he said yes to Jesus. And God has put the pieces back together. And hey, life doesn't always get easy when we say yes to Jesus. It just means that we have someone to walk through life's trials with us and to hold our hands. Again, we've got our prayer partners that are available to you. Maybe you're battling in the area of your relationships. Uh, I don't know if it's a romantic relationship with your spouse, spouse with your kids, with a coworker, with a friend. Um, everything 
is worth bringing to the Lord in prayer. And we've got prayer partners that would love to pray with you. Again, that number, I gave it earlier in the podcast, but once again, it's one 866 273-4444, or you can send us an email, prayer at crossroads.ca. We also, I didn't mention this, we've got our uh, digital pastor that is always available to speak to you. There's a chat icon on our crossroads.ca page that you can go and avail yourself to. Just plenty of ways that we want to resource you and, and maintain that open line of communication with you as you tune in week in and week out. Thanks so much for joining us today. You've been listening to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Masry. And until the next time, God bless and have a great day. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads, a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.